0: Wings of Chaos. Since this is a longer chapter, I have broken it into two parts. This is chapter 34, part A, The Sudden Fall. were very few cultists left alive, and those that were fled on the backs of injured wyverns. The castle continued its descent, and the companions were on the brink of exhaustion and death. Ozerin and Reverence went to Shale and Philip, both of whom were bleeding heavily from necrotic wounds. They healed them as best they could, then sat back and caught their breaths. Keelan walked over to Whisper in a daze, pressing a hand to his chest and healing himself. There were corpses of robed cultists and ogres littering the ground. The ogre deaths outnumbered them two to one. The tabaxi knelt with his charred spellbook clutched tightly in his paws. The fiery wings in his back shuddered and retracted into him. What happened? Keelan asked, wiping his tired eyes. Whisper's face was strained and anxious, and he did not look up from his paws. If it tries to run, kill it, he said through gritted teeth. If what tries to run? Keelan asked. "Whisper, what?" The tabaxi curled forward in pain. I banish you, he hissed, dropping his book and reaching for a crystal inside his robes. He held the large milky white crystal up and pressed it to his forehead, muttering under his breath. He was groaning in pain. Keelan didn't dare move any closer, but he drew his sword and held it up, ready for anything. He could sense an evil energy surging through the tabaxi, seeping out of him. The crystal in his hand began to grow hotly and its interior filled with dark energy. It shook as though ready to burst. "'I banish you,' whisper said again in a dangerously soft voice. The crystal vibrated violently. There was a moment's pause, and then it exploded into a thousand shards. Keelan jumped back in surprise, but the evil energy seemed to fade. After another few moments of silence, the paladin said, "'Are are you okay?' Whisper looked up, his eye oddly blank, and said, I don't know. They moved Shale and Philip into the tower, where Adra, who had been hiding inside, came to help. She rolled up two blankets and pushed them under their heads. You defeated them, the elf woman said in surprise. Reverend shrugged wearily, but said nothing. She nodded in understanding. I'll keep an eye on them. She pulled out a small leather bag full of good berries and began mashing them. The tiefling nodded and sunk to the floor, closing his eyes and letting the exhaustion sweep over him. Ozerin, however, excused himself and went out to the courtyard. "'Whisper,' the half-elf said, eyeing him where he kneeled on the ground. Keelan had sheathed his blade. "'You all right?' "'It's trying to take over,' the tabaxi said. Resmir's body lay near him, and he crawled towards it, reaching out a hand to pull the black mask from her face. Like a sudden strike of a cobra, Resmere's hand shot up and clutched Whisper's wrist, holding it firm. Beneath the mask, her slitted dragon eyes opened and stared. They all froze, and Whisper wrenched his arm free, hissing. Resmere put an arm under her, clearly in pain. She stared, not at Whisper, but at Ozerin. You really don't know what you are, do you? She rasped. Ozerin's blade appeared in his hand at once. What's your point? Let me say my piece. Ozerin's sword lowered a fraction of an inch, and he inclined his chin. Say what you will. Then Whisper's paw was shooting forward, and he dug his claws into Resmere's face. Get out! The tabaxi screamed. Take this one instead! Before Ozerin could object, flames spiraled around Whisper's arm and shot into Resmere, who struggled for a moment before her body, now glowing in the hot light, floated into the air. Whisper pulled back and they all watched the half-dragon's black form straighten in midair, the flames now coalescing around her and forming into her shape. Shale and Philip woke to a strange noise outside. "'Take it easy,' Adra said gently. "'The good berries helped revive you, but you're both seriously injured. I wouldn't recommend—' What's happening? Shale demanded, dizziness hitting her as she got to her feet. Reverend stood at the door, looking as though he'd just gotten to his feet. His skin was still pale and laced with black tendrils. He looked barely alive. Resmere, she's glowing. Shale ran out and heard Adra call behind her. Wait! Shale drew her bow at the floating figure of Resmere, who was engulfed in red flames that didn't seem to burn her. She released, but her arrow shot wide as spectral wings burst from Resmir's form, flapped, and brought her a few more feet off the ground. An elated grin split across her dragon-esque face. Ah, she rasped. Tiamat, I knew she'd come back for me. Her blade appeared in her hand in a flash, and she rammed an elbow into Whisper, who went sprawling across the courtyard and didn't move. She then looked down at Ozirin. The queen never told you what your fate would be, but I chose the better one. She flapped her wings higher in the air. Keelan ran after Whisper. Ozerin threw up his hands and a dark shadow crawled around his body, writhing and alive. She'll carefully held her arrow, waiting to strike. Reverence had raced around the wall and was scaling it, ready to strike at the airborne half-dragon. He paused, then jumped at her, wrapping his arms around her throat. Resmir's reddish glow flickered, and she dropped a few feet before the wings reappeared. She clawed at the tiefling, and Shale took her chance to put an arrow in her torso. She grunted, and the magical light dimmed, barely holding her aloft. Resmir still looked at Ozerin through the shrouding shadows. The sword the champion won. You and I can never rest. Her grip on Reverence's arm slackened. You'll never find rest. Is this really the deity you want to serve? From the shadows came Ozerin's voice. What do you mean? Whisper was crawling away to duck behind bits of broken stone. Keelan gripped his sword tightly in his hand, and the divine light of his god seemed to radiate in his dark eyes, crackling along the blade. With a roar, the paladin charged. He kicked a boot into the fallen boulder and jumped, and the sword plummeted into Resmere's chest. She gasped, and reverence released her as her wings disappeared. She fell to the stone, and Keelan planted his foot on her chest, slowly sliding the blade free and flicking off bits of dark blood. She gasped again, still alive but barely breathing. Keelan placed the tip of his blade at her throat as her eyes slid shut. I think now is your time for answers, Reverend said, jumping off the wall and looking at Ozerin. Ozerin's hands lowered, and the shadows around him fell. He stared at the half-dragon thoughtfully. He walked over, bent and wrenched the black mask from her face with a grimace. The mask immediately remolded, losing its shape until it was flat with simple eye holes. Shale didn't doubt that it would mold to the next wearer. The warlock, however, simply held it in his hand and continued to stare at Resmir. All right, Ozerin said. We'll talk to her. Reverence nodded to Keelan, and the two of them heaved her up, leaning her against the wall. She coughed, and a bit of blood and spittle dribbled down her square jaw. She won't live for long, Keelan told the warlock, as Reverence wrapped a length of rope around her wrists. Shale very much doubted the half-dragon could stand, much less cast a spell. She stood a fair distance away with an arrow notched and ready. Ozarin crouched in front of her, staring contemptuously. I know when I'm beat. <laughs> Resmir retched, nodding toward the mask. Careful with that. Whisper, where are you hiding? Ozerin called, and the tabaxi stepped almost immediately out of the tower, looking wounded but alive, his fey owl perched on his shoulder. Ozarin held up the mask. Take it. Whisper looked shocked and shook his furry head. I don't want it. Ozarin looked confused. Watch her. Keelan growled to reverence, then took the mask from Ozerin's hand and dropped it on the ground. He stared at it for a moment, then lifted his sword and slammed it back down. The mask didn't crack. It didn't even dent. He tried again, but nothing happened. The paladin stepped closer and stomped on it with his boot in frustration. I've been defeated by a bunch of fools, Resmir hissed, watching them with disdain. Keelan swiped it up and stuffed it in his bag, turning his sword back on her. Ozarin pulled his gaze from where the mask disappeared and looked back at Resmir, and their eyes met. Now was the time for you to come clean, he said dangerously. Tell me everything you know. Resmir snorted. If you tell me what you know, it might postpone your meeting her. The half dragon studied him, her breathing pained. Hear me then. Perhaps you'll decide the same as I did. Ozarin tilted his chin. I was once like you. I fought fervently for the Raven Queen until I found out what she truly is, what she truly does to her. She spat the word, chosen. The sword and the champion are one. You've formed an eternal bond with the sword. You're no longer mortal. Spirit is connected to the sword. Even in death, you will not find peace, always being a slave to the queen. I tried to find a way out. She coughed, which turned into a hacking fit, bringing up more blood from her mouth. This is what I get, she finally managed to say. It's not a good deal, Ozerin admitted, sounding troubled. How did you end up with the Raven Queen? Like you. I was searching for something of great power. I stumbled across it, picking it up unknowingly. Didn't know what it was until I was tied to it. And you think Tiamat was a better option? It wasn't a question, but Resmir smiled, showing bloody teeth. Tiamat has given me the strength to disconnect myself from the Raven Queen. Tiamat's spirit? She seemed to lose her breath, and nearly fell into another coughing fit. Her spirit sustains me. So what you're saying is that... Ozran's forehead creased. When we die, our soul becomes part of the weapon... "'Exactly,' Resmir said, her eyes gleaming maliciously. "'Now you see. The queen is insane. Blades are evil.' She hissed, "'We should destroy them.' Ozerin straightened and stood, "'I don't think Tiamat is much better.' "'Tiamat,' she said, "'knows the purity and power of dragons. "'She does not enslave. She frees.' There was a silence, and Reverend said impatiently, All right, Ozerin, are you about done with this scum? Ozarin nodded slightly. Yes, I think I am. He looked at Resmere for the last time and said, You are alone in this. In one swift movement, the tiefling grabbed Resmere's head and twisted hard. Shale could hear the neck break even where she stood, and she saw the body slump down. Ozerin summoned his blade and severed the head from the body. The scaly flesh around the blade turned to ash, and there was an airy gasp as Resmir's essence floated up like a dark mist and was sucked into Ozerin's blade. The sword next to her body disappeared in a flash, and the rest of her body crumbled into ash. Ozerin stared at his blade, then cleared his throat. I guess there's one less of the Chosen now, he said, and his blade flashed away. He brushed through the ash with his boot and clanked against something metal. He picked it up and saw a pair of brass knuckles. He pocketed them with a shrug and turned to Whisper. Can you help Reverence? Reverence looked surprised. Whisper tilted his head at the monk, whose pale orange flesh was still tightly knit with darkened veins. Chale could still sense the undead aura around him and became suddenly, uncomfortably aware of it again. The hairs on her neck stood... I can't. Not now, Whisper said. Maybe later. The tabaxi looked exhausted. What happened to you? Keelan asked, putting a hand on the wizard's shoulder, which he had to reach up to do. I thought I was going to have to kill you. I thought so too, Whisper said, chuckling softly. There was a dragon. A red dragon. It possessed me. I... I can't speak Draconic anymore. Dragon? Ozarin asked. How? It was in the book, Whisper said quietly, clutching his paws in front of himself nervously. Shale slung her bow over her shoulder and stepped closer to them, and Philip stumbled out of the tower with Adra to join them. What book? Keelan asked. My spell book, Whisper said. What's happening? Philip asked wearily showing almost no sign of his usual gusto. Adra stayed back, but listened. Whisperer was possessed by a red dragon from his book, Keelan provided. "'Oh, great,' Philip said, sauntering nearer. He eyed them all in his haggard state and said, "'I think we could all use some healing.' With that, he made a flourish in the air, and a healing spirit in the shape of himself, but unclothed, appeared before them. "'Wonderful,' Shale said sarcastically but stepped through the healing spirit anyway. A warmth filled her. Adra laughed nervously. The castle, Shale noticed, was slowing its descent now. We should check on Balgloch this, she said, looking up at the tower. She realized it was strange they hadn't heard from him. I'll come with you, Keelan offered, and Whisper trotted after them as they made for the tower. They crossed over the scattered bodies of slain ogres. There were few dead cultists among them. Keelan shook his head sadly at the fallen stone giants. "'They fought well,' the paladin said. "'Wait for us!' Reverence called, and the rest jogged through the door and up the blood-streaked stairs. The ever-burning blue flame still burned up the central column of the spiral stairs. They reached the top of the tower and saw immediately that something was wrong. Balgloxis leaned against the transparent wall, holding his gut. The front of his robe was soaked in blood— and he wasn't moving. The giant's skin was pale, and his eyes were open, but unseeing. Keelan drew in a breath at once, and Shale knew there was nothing they could do for the giant. He was dead. A necrotic wound, Keelan said as they walked over to Balgloctis. She saw the black veins running along his skin now that they were closer. Keelan bent anyway and tried to heal him. Light filled his hand as he touched the wound, but he shook his head. An amulet hung around the giant's neck, and Keelan glanced at it, then took it and stepped back to examine it. The steering column was dripping in blood, and its light was dim. Ozerin walked to it and placed a palm on the sphere. "'I feel anger and shame inside the castle.' "'Do you think it's him?' Shale asked. Ozerin was quiet for a moment, concentrating. "'I think so. I can still feel the sadness from before. From his wife?' But it's far off now. Only he's here. Can you move his spirit to join his wife? Reverence asked. Ozerin looked at him blankly, then reached into his bag and took out a silver raven statue. Hesitantly, he touched it to the sphere and closed his eyes, his other hand on his chest. The snake tattoo around his forearm glowed green and shifted. He stayed like this for a full minute while the rest waited quietly. Bozerin's eyes closed and he concentrated, reaching out for the Raven Queen. He felt her presence drift into his mind, and a hollow female voice said, That's our job. I'm glad you realize it now. In her voice, he could hear pleasure. Death is not the end. Spirits, souls, they lead a new life after this. That these two end up together? Well, that is up for them to decide. I sense a lot of turmoil between them. Watch over their souls, Ozerin whispered in his mind, and the presence faded. He opened his eyes and looked at his friends. I did what I could, he said. Can we bring the castle down? Shale asked quietly. I... I need to get off. Whisper used a spell to clear the blood from the column. We can't forget the dragon beneath the castle, Keelan pointed out. This fight isn't done yet. I wouldn't mind going to the beach when all of this is done, Philip sighed dreamily. we will try to bring it down, Ozern said, touching the runes on the sphere. Nothing happened, but he felt resistance. He shook his head. I can't control the castle. I just sense shame and anger. It won't listen to me, "'Try talking to it,' Keelan suggested. Again, Ozerin closed his eyes, this time projecting his mind into the castle. "'Tell us where they're keeping your children. We can save them.' The frustration boiled up, and the voice of Belglocthus came into his mind. "'It's no use. It's over. I failed.' "'You didn't fail,' the warlock told him. "'You have us. We can help them.' We can save your legacy. My legacy is nothing. I remember now. I'm not the giant I thought I was. What does that mean? Ozarin asked, but received no response. We all have a chance at redemption. This is yours. The rage and pain subsided somewhat, and the castle continued drifting northward. Ozerin released the sphere, and his hands dropped to his side. In the silence, Shale looked around at the people she'd traveled with for the past half-year and felt a sorrowful emptiness. "'I think I'm done,' she said hopelessly. "'I can't go on. I—' Her voice cracked. "'I have nothing left for this fight.' They all looked at her. "'The cult is still out there,' Reverend said. "'We haven't stopped Tiamat.' only slowed her progress. And we still have our promise to fulfill to Tbalglochthis, to find his family, Ozerin said. Shale's shoulders fell, and she said, I need to rest. With that, she descended the stairs of the tower, going down until she reached the lowest landing, then moving over to the curtain staircase that led to Resmir's chambers. Shale? Keelan called. She'd been so wrapped in her thoughts she hadn't heard him following, even in his plated armor. She turned to look at him. You don't have to be alone, he said somewhat awkwardly. Whisper peeked around the stairs and stood next to Keelan, smiling in a very uncharacteristic way. There was something very different about the tabaxi. The darkness that had always been in him seemed to have gone. What was left was a naivety. He tilted his head, the ruby gem in place of his missing eye sparkling curiously. "'We are all friends,' he said. Shale cleared her throat and blinked quickly. "'Yeah, I suppose you're right.' She gave a weak smile. "'All right, come on then.' The three of them descended the smaller stairs, leaving the stench of ogre behind, and found the lavish room beneath. It was unscarred by the battle. The thick rugs and large bed looked incredibly inviting, but Shale moved first to the wardrobe and opened it, checking for traps. Keelan checked the rest of the room, sensing what she was doing. Inside the wardrobe, she found a leather cloak. She took it out and wrapped it around her shoulders curiously. She looked at Whisper as the tabaxi bent and started a fire in the hearth. It flared up at once, crackling warmly. "'Looks nice,' the tabaxi said lightly. Ozerain said he'd be first on watch, Keelan told her, eyeing the bed, then sighing and planting himself next to one of the armchairs. He began unhooking his bracers but kept his breastplate on. They were still in the company of a dragon after all, albeit a hiding one. Then he settled in and Shale tossed him a blanket. Whisper had already curled up in front of the fire where the drake had been before. It seemed like ages ago now when they'd first landed on the castle tower atop wyverns. Shale crawled into the large bed and leaned into the thick pillows, looking over her friends. Their faces were peaceful, but battle-worn. She let her eyes drift closed, and a dreamless sleep swept over her. listening to Wings of Chaos, based on the Horde of the Dragon Queen D&D campaign. For more stories written by me, visit the link in the show notes. Thanks for listening.